People, 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 welcome back to another pre-recorded podcast of What Else? The Arsenio Bug Show. I'm so grateful to be back, as always. You guys have heard the past couple of podcasts, and uh, boy, I have been absolutely elated because I had some of the best news, and now I got leverage in terms of saying to myself, wow, I could actually leave this place that's actually bringing me 80% of my unhappiness, probably 90% if you want to include the whole physical part of it. And now things are changing. Things are moving along very, very fast. And I'm so unbelievably grateful. Seriously. And I do want to give a wonderful, beautiful, wonderful, wonderfully beautiful shout out to all of the people around the world, especially my Indonesians. Man, I love you guys. Uh, so many other people all around, of course, the world um, that are tuning in. If you guys got any questions, I love to do Q&A. So please let me know. Now, before I start, I'm actually doing this on a Thursday afternoon. It's probably about 2 p.m. right now. And what I was looking at, I was looking at some comments. And this this doesn't really relate to the athlete mask, but I'm just going to throw that out there. It's just a little bit of a side story. And the really scary thing about this is this guy said he was making, of course, uh, what was it? What was it? He was making, I think, between ages of 17 and 19, he was making $250 a week, paying his mother's uh, rent, and his mother kicked him out of the house. And then next thing you know, he moved into a house that basically, you know, he was, uh, let's say, paying $300 US a month for, and he started selling crack cocaine. And the thing is, I'm so, I'm so interested in, how people, I know I know a lot of people, you want to hurry up and show compassion. You want to hurry up and show empathy. But the thing is, he chose to make that choice. A lot of people say, oh, well, he did. Yes, he did. Now, again, it's just like the strippers who choose to be strippers throughout their 20s and 30s until they get to 40 years old. Then they realize, oh, my God, I don't look as good as I did in my earlier years. They end up kicking them to the curb and they end up being prostitutes. If... Just like I told you about the Duke University girl who had to be a stripper to pay her tuition. If you have to do it, do it for a short term. Now me, hell no. I made that promise to myself a very, very long time ago that I would never, ever, ever get near drugs. Period. Okay, now in terms of alcohol, I rarely do it. I rarely drink alcohol, you know. I hate beer with a passion. A lot of you might like beer out there. That's a by all means. You know, I like my little dessert wine probably every three months. Uh, what is it? A margarita, maybe twice a year. Uh, a mojito, maybe every two years. Uh, a Long Island, maybe twice a year. You know what I mean? I'm just not that type of person unless there's a celebration happening. And that's what I'm going to be celebrating real, real soon. Uh, but anyways, let's, let's get back to this right now. I told myself I would never, ever get anywhere near drugs. I promised myself that. My mom didn't have to teach me. I actually saw it on a video. First, in the year 2000, in my sixth grade home, I think a health class. And then, again, I saw the ramifications of what drugs can do to you in another health class three years later, freshman year of high school in 2003. And then that day, I made a promise to myself. I said, Arsenio, the day you actually do drugs is the day you take your life because then you have, fell, you have fallen to the worst life form possible. Hey, and there it is. Hey, I know how to distinguish between right and wrong, but... If you're going to tell your story, say, you know what? I used to sell drugs. I used to do drugs. I used to do this. But you know what? I got out of it. Why? Because guess what? It was all it was all based on choice. You live in America. I don't want to hear that bullshit. There are so many people right now, my Indians who are listening to me right now, who are not, who are living on probably 5 to 10 to 20, 30, $40 a day. Who, well, probably not even that much. $40 a day is, is actually almost up to America part time. But um, 
part-time work in America, but some people live on as little as nothing per day, and they don't make the choice to do drugs, okay? Now, of course, I have, you know, my friends in India, uh, not India, in Egypt, he made the choice to poop on the street, okay? He said there aren't any public toilets in Egypt, in Cairo, so I pooped on the street. Now, you made that choice. It's not because he's poor, but he had to make a choice. Everyone makes a choice. African Americans, they have made a choice. A lot of them make a choice to live in the same neighborhood over and over and over again. Don't give me that bullshit, wimpy sob story. Excuse my language. Don't give me the BS. Say, oh well, you know, my 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 mom. She didn't want to leave. My mom was on drugs. My dad left me. My mom was swinging a knife in my dad's my dad's face at the age of nine. Okay, did that end up literally? You know, did that end up? basically painting the picture of what I was going to become? Absolutely not. It did not. I said, you know what? Mom, dad, you guys are making this choice to F everything up. That has nothing, nothing to do with me. And you know what? I used to get some bad grades in school, probably between 98 and 99. The next, you know, 2000, I'm still doing the same thing. And at that given moment, I said, Arsenio, this is not you. You are an extremely smart human being. And from that moment when my sixth grade English teacher said, it looks like you're doing bad in all your classes. I got an insight. I had that rite of passage. I had a revelation. And I said, from this moment on, I'm cleaning up my act. And I did. And I never looked back. You have a choice. If your mom kicks you out of the house, hey, that's a poor ass mother. You know what I mean? Hey, I got a poor ass father. You know, he ran away. He dropped my brother. I mean, I'm sorry. My brother, my sisters, and I off at a doorstep and made us ring the bell. Once we rung the bell, and ate, the lady by the name of Miss we- Mrs. Wesley, who's still a family friend today, she opened the door and he spun off. He was gone. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, well, you know, I can't believe he did this and did that. Or I don't, it, that, it, it is what it is. But he had to do that because look where I am today. Choices compounded over time get you the results that has always been, that always will. It's the universal law. So, no more whippy sob story, guys. I mean, if you're going to go out there and say, you know, tell your story and whatnot, tell it with some praise. Tell it saying, hey, look at me. Like my my story. Racism. People telling me I'm not good enough. Blah, 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 blah. But look where I am right now. You see what I mean? Use it to your advantage. I don't want to hear, I don't want to see those little sad, smiley Facebook faces on the post and say, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. But what are you doing right now? Because that was the choice. Those are choices back before. Now, are you still making those choices now? And a lot of people would say, oh, this guy's privileged. He's this, he's that, whatever. You can say whatever you want. But the thing is, if you don't fess up and take 100% responsibility for your actions, you're never going to change a goddamn thing in your life. Got it? So, <sighs> boy, I went on a rant right there. Oh, no, one of my students, she got in touch with me. She's like, hey, are you here? I need some stuff. God damn it. Okay, so anyways, we're going to go We're gonna go on with this podcast because I am the bomb. So here we go. <laughs> Athlete mask, part dose. So as I've talked about in my previous blog post, guys, I've already talked to you about the athlete mask. I gave you a nice little introduction to it. And so here we go. We are going into the storyline of a man by the name of Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose, one of the most explosive guards I've ever seen in my life. Back in 2011, before I even went to Australia in May of, I think May of, two, what is it, May 26th of 2011. This guy was playing in the playoffs against the Miami Heat in the Easter Conference Finals. And I have never seen a point guy play at the magnitude of him. 
until probably this present day, Kyrie Irving. Doesn't really matter, but this guy was amazing. And so now, probably a year later, I think it was a year later, he did an overzealous move in the first round of the playoffs when the game was already over, and he snapped his ACL, his anterior cruciate ligament within his knee, and Derrick Rose was never the same. But the most disturbing part of this story are the people who seemingly berate him, say, oh, his knees are done, he's done. What a terrible this, what a terrible that. It was an unfortunate event that led to his MCL getting tore up, his PCL, posterior cruciate ligament, getting torn up. Everything in his body got completely torn up. And But the thing is, a lot of people in America, American society, welcome to America, they say, oh my God, he's such a bitch. Oh my God, he can't even do this, he can't even do that. He can't. But they don't even know how it feels. Remember I told you about this. We're so quick to judge and and basically portray another human being for what he is because of what happens in terms of injuries. Some people stub their toes to get turf toe in American football. Some people stub their throwing thumb on their I'm sorry, on their throwing arm, their thumb isn't working. And they break and they break it, they have to sit out four games. And then on the other side, on the other hand, of course, if we go to rugby boy, them guys play through pain all the time. But this is called the mask. And so there was a psychologist by the name of Martin Phillips Hing that he actually wrote. Uh, what? What is it? Um, Lewis Hose. He actually wrote in his book. He said, quote, I would suggest that most men watch soap operas, too, except all the soap operas are sports. Think about when you actually see men expressing themselves pu- uh, publicly with strong emotions such as joy, fear, disappointment, sadness, anger, all that stuff. Sports, like novels and soap operas, allow men to identify and live vicariously through their team. Right? So we're getting into the fact that a lot of men, a lot of men, they actually, I mean, they love sports so much. I'm talking about America. I don't know about other countries, but let's just pinpoint this and talk about America for a minute. Because I realize that, oh my God, I can't believe so many people take sports seriously and they don't even make money from it. They lose money from it. When that when I had that insight, I no longer gave a damn about sports. Like I used to be a Pittsburgh Steelers fan and uh, Arsenal and this and that and even USA Soccer who failed to make the World Cup for the first time in over 30 years. Yes, I used to be a fan. I used to be you know, I used to say, "Oh my god, this and that." But when USA Soccer didn't make the World Cup, was I so angry? Absolutely not. I can't control them. That circle of that circle of concern, I cannot control anything in terms of USA soccer. So, actually I just got a phone call right now. Damn it. Um so yeah, that's in terms of USA soccer. Uh and it's actually very very sad how people could put so much passion into sports but they can't even put that passion and revert it to their life. How come you can't put passion like that in your life? Think about it. If you could put all that joy, fear, anger, if you're going to be very, very angry at a team doing this and doing that and say, fuck you, oh my God, we got to win this game. How about this? This, I got to win my life. Lewis Hose wrote on, he went on to say, he said, men and sports is basically like the bonding grounds. It's like the bedrock in relationships. If it wasn't for sports, his brother would have, you know, or actually my brother would have, uh, we would have never had anything in common. So, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, sports could actually hold us together. Um, wait, guys, I gotta hurry up and message this person. I'm so sorry. Hold on. 
Hey, doing a, a podcast? I'll be there soon. Where are you? Bam! Okay. All right, done. Oh, Jesus. Okay, so in terms of sports, apologies, guys. Um, If it wasn't for sports, our relationship would have been terminated a very, very long time ago. Okay? So I am going to give sports that, but you know what? That's the only thing we came together on a mutual agreement with. Right? And so... Even if you look at um, if you if we could go forward and keep going on with this, and we look at another guard, of course, of the Chicago Bulls, just like Derrick Rose, his name was Ben Gordon. Went to UConn back in two thousand and four, two thousand and five, and two thousand and six, and I think he won the championship. Went on to amass over eighty million dollars in revenue over the hit, the course of his playing career. Excellent three point shooter, excellent facilitator, everything. Now. That man's in the news, and he's behind bars yesterday, as of yesterday morning. Why? Because he actually stuck up and robbed the manager at his apartment. Can you believe that? Like I told you, you can't take the, the you could take the, the the ignorant person out the hood, but you can't take the hood out the ignorant person if they don't change what's in the mind. So a lot of these athletes who wear this mask, they go back to doing the same thing over and over and over. So. Another quote, of course, from Lewis Ho's book. He said, when the team is gone and the playing days are over, however, a weird thing happens to a lot of these guys wearing the masks. The value of selfishness and sacrifice starts to disappear, and all that's left is competitiveness and the need to win. And so a lot of them go back and revert back to doing the same things they used to do, going back to the same hood, being around the same people. If you look at all the entourage, the entourage is basically a group of, of people you hang out with. Durant, all the famous people in both NFL, NBA, you name it, they all have entourage. You don't see David Beckham walking around with the entourage, never. But in the African-American community, it's, it is very essential because the thing is, what happens is they go through the door first. They're not trying to be rescue 911. But when they actually do achieve the money, they go back in the door, they get all those dirt, bedridden, disgusting specks of life who are doing drugs who are doing nothing and they make sure they feed them they clothe them they bathe them they give them money just like the story of Antoine Walker and Antoine Walker he used to have a lot of low life friends and he would just give them money after money after money loan after loan after loan and now Antoine Walker is bankrupt and broke this is another problem with athletes they put this mask on and, and and they have the mask on. It could be at a very early age, but even when it leads up to the very, very end, they don't know what else to do. They don't know how to save. They don't have this. They don't have that. They still don't, you know, father figures are probably gone. That doesn't really mean anything because look at my life, but it's all about choices. Like I've been talking to you about in the Dell, uh, in the Darren Hardy podcast. Another mask, it would be people who actually go in weightlifting and gym and stuff like that. These big weightlifters and bodybuilders, they have a tendency of berating and ridiculing the spark, uh, what is it, the CrossFit community. I don't know why, because obviously CrossFit, these are the best athletes in the world. But they have a tendency of doing this and berating them and just, I don't know why. I don't understand why they do it. Uh, but what's the, the biggest, saddest story about this is there was one guy on YouTube. I'm going to give you two stories. One guy on YouTube, he would walk on the treadmill for three minutes, and he was already breathing hard. This is a bodybuilder. 
They put that mask on thinking that muscles and all this, it builds up their insecurity saying, hey, you know what? I got all this. Look at me. I got the money. I got this. But you don't even have your heart. Leading into the story of Rich Piana, who was a very, very famous guy, but he literally destroyed his body over the course of I don't know how many years, and he died. But you know what? When they actually go to his autopsy and whatnot, of course he was taking steroids along with so many other things and his, the discoloration with his skin. But when they did the autopsy, he had significant heart disease. He had a fatty liver, discolored kidneys. He had so many different ailments within his body. His body was already destroyed before he even passed out while I think he, I think he literally snorted a pre-workout. Went straight to his brain and he literally just conked out, hit his head, went into a coma, and then he died. See, this need to feel very big and feel very strong, it kills people. I mean, there's a lot of different other things and a, a crazy story I'm going to be getting into tomorrow morning, which will be Sunday morning. But this is part of the athlete mask, people. And this is something that needs to be addressed, especially for a lot of men out there in the world. I mean, it could be a financial situation. It could be this. It could be that. But a lot of people, they just don't know when to take it off. But tomorrow's podcast is going to be a very, very good one because I had no idea. But this is one of the fittest guys in the NFL and something happened to him and then he ended up retiring. And I'm going to tell you that story tomorrow in tomorrow's podcast. So here was just a couple more stories, a couple more things, an insight into, you know, another story at the very beginning of this podcast. Choices, choices, choices. You make the choice. Now, would I go back to my neighborhood in Las Vegas and grab all those decrepit and uh, insidious human beings and say, hey, remember me? Here, let's go get some money. Let's go. Uh, I'll pay dinner. I'll do. Absolutely not. I'm hanging around with only successful people, and you cannot stop that. So with that being said, guys, stay tuned for the next podcast tomorrow morning, Sunday, pre-recorded podcast as always. And until then, have a wonderful morning, afternoon, and evening. Welcome to the weekend. This is your host, Arsenio, over and out. <laughs>